Time to talk stock specifics. Nicole Penalides and Caroline Woods are with me here this afternoon for the first batch. And then we got our panelists standing by for the next panel on a couple other businesses like Costco and Gap. You know, Nicole, this bear market technically started with the companies that are basically about to give us reports the next two weeks. And NVIDIA is getting things off on the right foot. So I think investors are coming into today with Workday, Autodesk, important cloud names, and Marvell with chips with a lot of optimism. Yeah, without a doubt, there certainly seems to be a shift in sentiment overall. I mean, of course, we heard from the Fed yesterday, and that gave people a little bit of a, a sense of relief that maybe they won't do everything so fast and furiously for the next 12 months, as was first anticipated. But I think okay, I see Autodesk here. About retails, and with retailers, I think it's very interesting because we saw Walmart and Target getting hit so hard, but then such a turnaround, Dollar General and Dollar Tree and Macy's. And so I'm waiting for a lot of these names because I think everything has been companies, more company specific than any one group, right? NVIDIA, at first it was interpreted poorly and then it was a pure winner. Okay, and uh, by the way, I like uh, the point there too about that huge retail rebound today. That makes Costco and Gap particularly interesting this afternoon. Yeah. But I heard Workday. Uh, is out. Uh, Autodesk and Workday, our cloud companies this afternoon, uh, uh, Caroline. So uh, looks like Autodesk dips down a little bit. Workday too. Go ahead and uh, take it, whichever one grabs your attention. I'm looking at Autodesk right now. Okay. It's it looks like it gets up on these results. EPS of a dollar forty-three. Topped expectations by a dime. It looks like expectations were for a dollar thirty-three. Revenue of one point one seven billion dollars seems to top the one point one five billion that analysts were expecting. I'm taking a look at the the outlook here, guiding for revenue of one point two two to one point two four billion. EPS. It looks like a range of. Um, Dollar fifty-four to dollar sixty. I have to confirm yep. that, but I know that Oliver. We were talking this week. It, uh, Deutsche Bank downgraded um, Autodesk because they expected that they could guide lower due to a lower adoption adoption of multi-year contracts. Interest rate headwinds, Russia Ukraine currency headwinds. So I, I need to check to see how these compare to what some of the analysts were expecting. But based on the fact Autodesk is up about three percent on the res on these results at this point, it looks like the at least the top and bottom line beat are being welcomed. And then it looks like maybe the outlook is. Um, you know, with the given the stock is up three percent, maybe that's uh, better than expected as well. The uh, outlook basically comes up to the expectations. According to Bloomberg, the average estimate was for a dollar sixty next quarter EPS. So their range, if they hit it, uh, will include that at the high end. So I think we'll give them a, a meet there uh, for the moment. The uh, fiscal year outlook with the, a potential high of a 666 uh, for what they're saying they could do in the whole year is uh, two cents shy. Uh, but uh, it's getting a pass here, you know, and uh, numbers meeting expectations on the outlook, we'll call it, Nicole. I mean, meeting and rallying, that could definitely tell us that maybe this market's gotten a little bit more open to some of these companies. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that what we're seeing with Autodesk is very interesting here. I love seeing companies beat on the top and bottom line. In some cases, they've had lower expectations, for example, like Baba, right? And everybody was so excited that Alibaba was jumping. But um, in this case here, it looks like it, they're doing a good job here with the beat on the top and bottom line. When you look at Autodesk, I mean, I saw at least one downgrade from, exam for example, 
from Deutsche Bank, there were some concerns about sales and billings and those estimates maybe being lowered going forward. So I'd like to hear more about that to see. But it is a name that has been beaten down. It's down about 25% in the last six months. So has some room to the upside, obviously, after coming off of those highs back last September of 344. Okay. Workday. Uh, here's a, a context I'll provide real quick because we're looking at these workday numbers. Is that uh, between these two companies, uh, Workday's growth during COVID was not particularly specific to that pandemic uh, tech boom. Autodesk saw a pretty sharp tick up in late 20, mid to late 2020, but Workday kind of cruised along basically at the same growth rate. What's interesting is Workday is the one actually getting more punished here in the aftermarket uh, as they miss EPS well, that's sales in line. <laughs> I was going to say that's because they missed, Oliver. I was just looking at those numbers. 83 cents missed expectations for EPS of 86 cents. Revenue was in line at 1.43 billion, but uh, I think that that's probably why we're seeing the stock down 6.4% on these results. Yeah, uh, getting hit and unwinding the last couple of days of gains, uh, but uh, nothing uh, new from the trend thing has been down since November. Uh, kind of ugly to think about. Uh, some of these charts where does Workday go down to the COVID lows? I mean, there's not a lot in the chart between here or there. And this is stock people like for a long time, long before uh, COVID-2, Nicole, is just a very helpful you know, business efficiency tool. Without a doubt. I mean, when you look at Workday and their cloud, you know, basically offerings that they put out there, all the applications for finance, for human resources, um, they certainly have demand. But over the, this has been a pretty volatile stock. I mean, over the last one month, it's down almost 20 percent. It'll be interesting to see here um, with this miss. I mean, you really can't miss in this environment. So it, uh, it's sort of heartbreaking when you see misses across the board on some of these earnings. I also started to wonder after that big deal that we saw with Broadcom and VMware, right, in the cloud space, I started to wonder really about Workday, right? And will there be acquisitions of similar sorts? I mean, I think that the Broadcom VMware was really a lot about cash flow, and I don't really see Workday having huge cash flow at this moment. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, point as uh, I think the M&A is a really crucial thing to think about here. Uh, who's going to buy who? Who's going to fold into what's going to fold into what? It's so much uh, of the same target market audience of uh, uh, businesses and their cloud and their tech department spending that uh, there's been a lot of competition, uh, but enough money to go around. Now that I think that uh, future of the addressable market's been pushed forward by like years, a decade. Probably uh, for some of these, as we've seen huge growth in the COVID period, that it might make sense for some of these companies to team up a little bit here. Uh, in terms of uh, the tech market as a whole, Marvell this afternoon, too, pretty interesting uh, from a chip making perspective. Those numbers are coming out. Caroline, I'll give you last thought here on our on our cloud companies. If you got one while I check out Marvell. You know, for Workday, I think it's it's going to be interesting. Analysts overall very bullish on Workday heading into this report. Granted, keep in mind, as you said, it's really well off of its November highs and inching closer to those 2020 lows. I think it was trading at 168 heading into the report. The, the lows around March of 2020 were 116. But there was a lot of cautious, caution heading into the report just because of the, the uncertainties in the macro environment. I saw a few analysts saying that there could be greater scrutiny 
scrutiny in terms of signing large deals, longer term deals, uh, because companies are trying to cut back on their spending. So I haven't seen Outlook come through from Workday yet, but that could be interesting to listen to on the earnings call, because if they are, appear even more cautious than, uh, you know, and plus on top of this miss, we're seeing a 6% decline right now. It could, it could mean even more punishment for, for the uh, back office software company. Yeah, okay. Uh, definitely a, a mixed bag, so a, uh, you know, a different tone. Uh, and uh, not everything just getting crushed together like we saw today, NVIDIA came back. Uh, and but Snowflake still stayed down. Ulta. Yeah, hit me with Ulta. That one's jamming here. Alta earnings per share beat revenue beat beautiful. guidance raise. Now that's that's a beautiful quarter, right? A double beat and a raise. Um, I'd love to see that. Ulta has been a name that hasn't disappointed over the years. I know that it had a pullback, but it's been a name. It's sort of um, luxury for when people want to go out and they can't go buy an Hermes bag. They can go and they can buy a new lipstick. Bingo. So, Reopen um, stock. Yeah, no, it's, it's so great. People love it. I've never been to one, but people love it. They love the stock. Um, it has been a winner, you know, in past, not this year. This year it's down 18%. But, um, you know, Olaplex, they were talking about some of these names being somewhat recession-proof, and names like Alta, Olaplex, and Estee Lauder have held up a little bit better than others in the market. This is going to be a nice uh, change of fortune here for uh, some of the reopen themes tied to the consumer, I think. I mean, to your point, uh, Estee Lauder's just had a uh, brutal year. All of, the, all of them basically have been getting crushed. So if uh, Ulta can turn it around, then maybe we get a little back to normal reopen going out bid in this market. I mean, I got no problem with that. I'm as a, a, a bearish bear as you'll <laughs> find. I'd love to see all these consumer plays keep going up. I mean, I think this is what we should be rooting for. Maybe Gap will tell us something similar. What do you think, Caroline? Well, I don't know, Oliver, in terms of gap, because I think that, you know, if the consumer is pulling back, they might spend more on their beauty regimens more so than they will on their clothes. I saw that Cowan was out with a, a survey and a thousand respondents, um, 70 to 75% indicated they would spend the same amount on beauty products this year compared with last year, despite inflation kind of, you know, obviously shrinking how much money we have. Um, and it's a, you know, it's Cowan puts the total addressable market for the beauty category at $55 billion. And I know that Alta was a top pick saying that they'll be less affected by waning consumer demand. So I think the beauty space could be, according to at least this one survey and according to what the analyst says, could be, um, I don't know about recession proof, but maybe more resilient mm. than True. some of the clothing stocks because you can wear the same clothes, but once you're out of skincare, once you're out of makeup, you you have to buy some more. <laughs> I was thinking the gap would be, you know, the same thing with the Old Navy and the lower price points, but it's just been a brutal, brutal uh, move for the stock. It's not been a winner. It just no. hasn't been a winner. Yeah. I think you got to go with what you've known for the last 10, 20 years. Old Navy was the only gem, and they can't even get rid of it now. Ex totally. That was supposed to be the saving grace, and, uh, you know, apparently it hasn't. Uh, saved <laughs> yeah. enough grace. All right, we got to jump, uh, ladies. Thank you very much, Caroline Woods, Nicole Petalides. Fantastic start to our earnings discussion this afternoon.